Hey everyone, welcome to the Communication Coach Podcast, where I'm going to help you to create successful change through powerful and honest conversations. I am your host, Nikki Perfect. and welcome to episode 66 of the communication coach podcast and this is the first in a series within the podcast so to speak called conversations from the coffee shop as a hostage and crisis negotiator over a decade i was privileged and honored enough to speak to hundreds of people hundreds of people who were in crisis of some sort and one of my old very early mentors in the negotiation world said to me If you can identify the loss, you can identify what the crisis is about. And I always remember those words. And over many years of just being a police officer and sharing in other people's stories before I was even a negotiator, I learned many lessons from people. And when you reflect back on their story, because we all have a story, and what you see is sometimes just the tip of the iceberg whilst there is a hundred and million things going on in the background. There's always a backstory, as Megan said to me the other day when I was uh, talking about somebody. And she said, well, they probably have a backstory, Nick. And I was actually, yeah, you know what? They probably do. And sometimes we judge very quickly. We often can't help the way that we judge. But it's about being aware of making those judgments. And it's being aware that people are experiencing their own challenges and their own stories. And... This is Claire's story. It's about loss. It's about painful grief. It's about an experience that she wants to share with the listeners here in the hope that it will help somebody else. And from a communication perspective, when I was listening to Claire's story, there were so many things that rang rang true around how we interact with each other, how we listen or how we don't listen or how we make judgments and assumptions. And often I talk about just being present, being present with somebody and letting them be who they are and allowing them a moment without giving your opinion, without trying to problem solve for them and without making any judgments. So here's Claire's story. Thank you for listening. A massive thank you to Claire for sharing this story. And I'm pretty sure you're going to get a lot from it because I have. And life is like learning, learning from everybody, learning from us as normal, ordinary people, whatever that might be, going about our ordinary days and how they can suddenly change. And we felt it was such a good time to share this because of what's happening in the world. And many of you listening to this podcast will have experienced grief, perhaps not associated with COVID-19, but perhaps associated with it. And you'll be feeling perhaps out of sorts, unsure of what to do next, where to go next. So here's Claire's story. You've listened enough to me babbling on. And I'll catch you again very shortly. Thanks for listening. Hi, Claire. Thanks very much for joining us today um, and having this conversation. And you're here to tell us about what happened in your life and how we can all learn from that. So if you'd like to tell us a little bit about your story, that would be great. Yeah, of course, thank you for having me. 
Um, so I would love to talk to you and to all your listeners today about grief. Um, it's not the most natural of subjects for lots of people, but um, a couple of years ago, uh, kind of out, literally out of the blue, um, my daughter, our daughter, um, who was only seven at the time, died very suddenly, very unexpectedly, um, literally after being unwell for a day or so. Um, and clearly that is a, a devastating experience and not something you ever expect to have to, to, to think about, deal with, cope with, um, but it happened you always think it's going to be somebody else. You know, I used to watch, you know, I used to watch every medical program going. I used to watch children in need, you know, and you, you watch people and you think, oh, I, don't, I could, couldn't cope with that. Mm. Uh, and suddenly I was the person that had to cope with that. Um, needless to say, I don't watch any of those programs anymore. Mm. <laughs> it's just painful. Um, so we literally went from you know regular life uh uh we've also got a son who's two years uh, who's two years younger than his sister and um you know we went from literally from planet normal if there is such a thing to just you know our lives imploding mm. and I think what I've learned over the last couple of years, well, and I am still very much learning, um, but I guess for me, I feel like there is, there is one thing which is dealing with that loss and um, just that sort of, you know, the, the, the grief and the shock and the just not being able to understand and all of that stuff um and then there's a kind of a, a whole other part which at the point that it happens you kind of have no idea that it's coming and that is just the realization that you are now different you are a different person um you know not only are you different but other people and the way they behave with you is different. And I think it takes a little while for you to, to get a handle on that because it, it, you know, certainly in the initial stages, you're just in complete shock and you're just on mm. autopilot. Like, you know, like many people will have, you know, many people will have been through losing somebody. And obviously it's very pertinent to be discussing this right now when there are thousands of families going through losing people um and i have to say you know even myself um you know it's it'll be 10 years ago this year that my that my mum died hmm. uh, very uh, quite you know quite quickly quite unexpectedly at 62 which you know feels way too early to be losing somebody uh, one of the things i've noticed is just how different my level of grief is around losing my daughter it is it is a completely different beast um so i know lots of people will will have experienced grief um whether it be you know a, a, a parent a friend 
even a you know even a pet you know that can it can have a massive impact on people but i think child bereavement is a is a particular beast and it is different mm -hmm. and is quite a taboo subject as well and that's one of the things I'd, I'd love to sort of talk about a little bit more because I almost feel like one of my one of my purposes kind of now is to help people understand grief a little bit better to help them understand how to talk about it how to to um, kind of face into it um, and how particularly if they're trying to support somebody um who is going through grief how how they can behave in a way which is kind of you know is is helpful rather than not but because mm. of course you know nobody sets out to not be helpful but yeah. i think as a society we don't really talk about death very much we're you know we're it, it makes us feel uncomfortable mm. um it makes us feel sad and so we sort of just push it to one side mm -hmm. um, and it's not something that people talk about and i think as a society we need to get much better at that we it, you, you know we need to not feel embarrassed or uncomfortable um you know <laughs> I'm, you know, you've known me a long time and, and I, th I think, you know, I'm a very open, emotional person. I mean, God, I, I, you know, there probably isn't anywhere that I haven't cried. Um, and, I'm, and I feel quite lucky in the fact that I'm actually very able to, to, to express my emotions, good or bad, mm. and I'm not embarrassed about, about crying and I don't try and cover it up. And some people have just been amazing. And actually what I don't need is, I don't need people to wrap their arms around me. I just need people to be okay with the fact that I'm sitting there crying. Hmm. Um, and just let me do it. And just accept that that's, and not try and change the subject or not try and just get me to stop. <laughs> just yeah. to be okay with the fact that I'm upset and I just need to express it. Um, and I think that's quite hard for, for people um, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a rule of thumb. I don't know what you're, you know, you've had lots of life experience, uh, you know, as, as you tend to have, like, as when we're at this ripe old age, I mean, we've known each other since we were in our teens, but, yeah. you know, we've been through a lot since then. And, and I think you, it teaches you um, that you, I, I certainly feel that it's important to face into things. Um, and, and if you know somebody that is going through grief, any kind of grief, I think, but particularly child bereavement, please don't think that if you mention their name, my daughter is called Annalise, please don't think by mentioning Annalise's name that you're going to upset me mm. because you're not going to, you know, you're not going to be reminding me about the fact that my daughter died because I think about the fact that she died every moment of every day. And actually when people talk to me about her or 
or, or bring her into a conversation in a, in a natural way, like you would do if she was still alive. Hmm. That is lovely to me. That is like a gift because that means, I mean, she's still part of my life. She's still part of our family. We, we, and I don't think that's necessarily something that people would get. I'm not sure I would have gotten it before. Um, I very much see my family is still a family of four. Mm-hmm. It's just that she's not here anymore in, in physical person, but she is everywhere around. Um, her drawings are on the wall. Her photos are on the wall. Um, not necessarily any more so than they were before, but she is just, you know, she's just everywhere and she's part of our family life. Um, But people, I think I've seen it on people's faces when I, you know, might be just having a normal conversation about something and I might say, oh, you know, Annalise used to love that film or that colour or when we went there or just in the way I would talk about, you know, our son as well. But you can see people just immediately sort of um, stiffen or just think, oh, God, you know, she's talking, you know, she's mentioned, Mm. she's mentioned her. I don't know what to do. Whereas people who, people who are able to just be like, oh, yeah, I remember when she was like that. Or do you remember when she did this or... I thought about her today because I saw whatever. Hmm. Um, that for me is lovely because it's it's keeping the memory of her alive. And you know, somebody sent me a card, um, and it's it's in my kitchen. I mean, it's you know, good. It's a good good while old now, but it said something like, you know, um, it just said, you know, she, she lived, she was here she made a difference and mm. I've, I kept I mean I got god I got like hundreds and hundreds of cards at the time because that's what you do isn't it you send somebody a card and yeah. which, is, you know, which is lovely mm-hmm. uh, because it was nice to be thought of although weirdly at the time you just put them all to one side because you just can't cope with it and mm. I went through that folder the other day because I was looking for something of all those cards and I swear you know I can't remember getting probably 60 or 70 percent of those cards because your brain just is in just goes into shutdown but yeah. that card for me i picked out and i've put up and it's been there for a couple of years because it was like she was here and she did you know she was part of our life and she will sort of continue to be part of our life so i think anybody that's that's worrying about and and i don't think that just applies to children i think it's probably might be a bit more so with kids because the natural order of things is that you expect your elderly parents to go before you do, Mm. you know, don't expect your seven year old um, to go suddenly, Uh, but it happens all the time. Uh, And, you know, and I'm reminded every time I'm a a member of an amazing kind of um, charity support group for bereaved parents called the Compassionate Friends. And I am reminded, sadly, every time you see a new name popping up into that group, that people are going through this every day. Mm. And that is desperately sad and unfair and all of those things, but it happens. Um, But I think, you know, if you do know somebody that's lost somebody, 
recently or, or, or not recently, you know, say their name, mention them, um, you know, share a, share a memory. Um, you know, people have sent me photos that they had of her that I hadn't seen before or, and those things are absolutely priceless and worth so much. I've, I learned so much about her after she died. The stories that I had from people at school, her, her teacher, uh, did the scrapbook um, with every child in her class writing a little memory of something mm. and and it was amazing it was very emotional and it still is a very emotional thing to look through um, and I don't do it often but it makes me laugh as much as it makes me cry because there are stories in there that only another seven-year-old can tell me about her because yeah. I didn't See her in the playground doing mm. whatever and 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 those little things are just beautifully precious and if you if you don't feel able to um if you're scared or worried about upsetting somebody please let me tell you that you won't upset them mm. and you'll get you'll get a very clear if that person doesn't want to talk about their loved one you will get a very clear signal that they don't. But yeah. I think nine times out of 10, if you are so-called brave enough to bring it into the conversation, actually what you'll get is an amazing, you know, amazing response of, of just kind of um, a rush of kind of welcome relief that you're not scared to bring it up, if that makes sense. Yeah, and you, that's, a, that's an interesting word you use there, um, Claire, because you said brave enough to bring it into the conversation. Yeah, because I think, I think it, feels, it feels taboo. Um, you know, you, you, I'm sure we've all heard stories before now about how, you know, people... It's funny, going through this what we're going through at the moment, the social distancing, the isolation, um, as, a, as a bereaved parent, you, that, is, that becomes your life very quickly after your child dies. Um, somewhat through personal choice, but also through the fact that people just don't know how to cope with you. They don't know what to say to you. Hmm. Um, they feel awkward and they don't want to upset you. And I, and I get that because I am different. I have changed. Mm. Um, and I guess I'm a bit more unpredictable. You certainly suffer fools much less gladly than you did before because you've got no time for that kind of shenanigans. You really haven't. Um, but so, so some of it is maybe self-imposed and, and, and I've certainly become somebody who's become less confident, less outgoing. Um, I think in time, some of that returns and, and, I'm, and I'm just nearly two years into the journey. Mm. And I, I can see kind of, I can see bits of blue sky, you know, and, and there are some days where I feel quite balanced and I feel that everything's going to be okay. Mm. And I'm learning to live with it. And there are other days where I'm, you know, just an absolute mess. And, and actually that isn't, it isn't one day or the other. That can happen like one minute to the next. Right. Um, yeah. To be honest. Mm. But, 
I think it is still a bit of a taboo and I think it sort of takes a brave person to to just yeah I don't I don't know why I say the word brave because it it shouldn't feel like that but I think it does I think I think you need to be you need to sort of you're stepping into territory which is um which can be fairly volatile it might feel like you're walking on on you know thin ice a little bit because you don't know what reaction you're going to get but one thing I would say is that you know, every 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 parent that I have met on this journey, everybody wants to talk about their kids. Everybody, mm. we have a we have a a thing in the group on the Facebook page, which is a closed group, as you would expect. Um, where, if you want to, every Saturday we have a thing called Photo Saturday because um, you know people miss being able to share photos of their children and not everybody wants to um at all you know it, it, it is quite a personal thing but for lots of us sharing pictures of our children is the most natural thing in the world mm. and sometimes it's harder than others depending on your mood or where you might be in that journey you know around birthdays and anniversaries it's particularly poignant and particularly painful but what is amazing as this kind of group of parents is you know, I feel like I've got to know these children that I will never meet. Um, I, I won't meet many of the parents. Um, but what's amazing is you get a sense of people's children through the, through the lovely pictures and stories that they share. And it feels like a really safe space. No one's judging you. No, you're not making anybody feel uncomfortable because everybody's in the same kind of place as you. And this little group feels entirely different. It's like this microcosm of, of society. Mm. You can say things and share things and declare things that you would never, it wouldn't feel appropriate or wouldn't feel within society norms to be able to, to do that. And, and I get that, but I feel it's a shame. And sometimes, you know, and I'm, I'm a, I'm a sharer and I'm very open and mm. I still share, you know, uh, stories about Annalise. I, I talk about her, I mean, not all the time. No, it, you know, it's a balance. I think, you, you know, you, you have to find the balance that's right for you. But for me, her being sort of part of just everyday life that goes on, whether it's a, I don't know, a movie that comes on or, 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 or watching, Matt and I were watching a programme last night about Blackpool, you know, an, an old kind of historical picture of all the old comedians and all, you know, dragging yeah. out all the comedians. And do you remember Bernie Clifton, the guy who yeah. used to go around the Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were him and I was, and, and we both said, my god Annalise would have loved that you know this man riding around and it's funny because that's not something she'd ever seen she's not even aware of it but Matt and I can share this moment of togetherness because to say oh god she would have loved that and we were yeah. laughing at what she would have made of that so little things like that kind of keep her part of what's part of our everyday lives and part of what's going on um and I think 
it's that's hard for other people to understand and the people that have been able to support me the best are not the people that I necessarily would have expected actually mm. uh, I think that's another thing about grief is that some people are better placed than others to be able to um, just allow you to be who you need to be yeah um, and and I think that is can be an uncomfortable journey you know I think people talk quite a lot about secondary losses and and you know not only have we lost our daughter but you know some of the relationships with, with people that you would have maybe expected to be closer have mm. are not necessarily closer um and it's hard and it, you feel hurt and you and you worry about that and you think is it you is it them why is it, what you know it feels unfair and feels upsetting but i think you just have to accept that some people aren't capable of giving you the support that you need it doesn't mean that they don't love you or care about you it sort of just means that they're not able to do it and it's i think it's a learning journey to not take that personally um i'm some days i'm better at that than others but i think i guess my advice would be kind of take the support where you can find it it might it might be somebody that you haven't been that close to previously you know in my case I've become incredibly close to uh, you know some people a couple of people in particular as a direct result of this tragedy um, mm. and, and and it's funny you talk about it, we've seen it in in the world in the last few weeks something that is that is big and unexpected and out of your control can kind of bring out the best and the worst in people um, mm. and i think i experienced we we experienced as a family you know as our little unit incredible acts of random kindness which were just you know or breathtaking really at points whether it's um you know i mean in the immediate aftermath of it i mean i had a house like a florist's i had meals being dropped off at the door um and all that stuff is you know you know i had several friends that we just gave door keys to who would let themselves in who would help me kind of you know help getting our son to 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 bed bath him you know we didn't cook for a month we had mm. food provided for us people would come in and cook it you know because you just can't function but that's a very that's a very sort of short amount of time that's a, mm. a real kind of you're in the real eye of the storm i, I guess but then there were things that happened that just blew me away really you know whether it's somebody doing a a gorgeous painting for you you know i've got a friend who still buy you know on annalise's birthday you know still drops around a present you know like a, a candle yeah. and says this is for annalise's birthday and um 
that's that it's a small gesture but it's really powerful because it says to me she's remembered and mm. and and that's very very meaningful um and uh, you know i think like i say i feel lucky that i'm able to express myself and talk um i think it's really important to find somebody to talk to or some way to express your feelings um that might be it might be talking it might be writing i know there are lots of people who find it um uh kind of a like a healing process just to be able to get your thoughts down just to be able to 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 try and make sense of some stuff just kind of purge yourself of of all this stuff that's going on inside you hmm. for some it's exercise for others i mean it's creative stuff i've done a huge amount of art uh which was something i never had t time to do before and i have really indulged that side of me and it's been it's been fabulous i've spent hours and hours and hours drawing and painting and and that's been an outlet for me mm. um, and I think you sort of just need to allow you know I, I really my mantra having having previously and it does feel like it's a previous life it feels like my life changed that day absolutely there's a line in my life and it was before that happened and it was after that happened yeah and before that happened I was uh, you know, I had a, uh, I'd had a, you know, big corporate career and uh, I was a planner to the kind of, you know, nth degree. Uh, there was very little left to, to chance and spontaneity. Uh, <laughs> rare type shit, as uh, anybody who's had the misfortune to live with me will know. Um, and suddenly all that just went out the window and I felt totally, I mean, I, I just was rudderless and I, suddenly I didn't know how the world worked anymore. Mm. And I, w I moved very quickly from being this kind of ultra organized, never forget a birthday, you know, nothing to being somebody that just lived day to day. Mm. And I still do that to a certain extent. And actually that's, again, a very pertinent thing to what's going on right now. It's mm. very Groundhog Day, isn't it? You know, you, you, your life has become, for lots of us, much more contained, much smaller. Um, and that's, that's very true of, of, of when you're in kind of deep trauma and experiencing huge loss um and i think just allowing yourself the space to take one day at a time and to recognize that you know we talk a lot as a group of bereaved parents that you know you just have to get through the next five minutes or the next 15 minutes and yeah. you know when you get a bit stronger it might be taking it an hour at a time or half a day at a time or whatever um and i think you've got to listen to what you need sleep you know you know eating well when you don't feel like it um and not just 
not to expect too much of yourself, just to allow yourself to be how you need to be um, and focus on what's important, which again, weirdly enough, I think with everything that's gone on in the world in the last couple of months, lots of people will have been experiencing that mm. kind of, that kind of thought process. Um, because when it comes down to it, there isn't, you know, there are only a few things that are really important. Um, you know, you need to be able to be well and look after the people that you love. You need to look after yourself. Clearly, you need to be able to put food on the table. Um, and I know there's lots of people going through lots of financial worries and stuff at the moment. But when push comes to shove, there's very little that matters oh. is sort of is is sort of what my my new world feels like and and you know uh, i used to get bothered about things which now sort of just don't really don't really figure in my world i mean I, you know you still get peed off about things and hmm. you wouldn't be normal if you didn't but but i think you've lived through something or you're trying still to live through something which is so enormous and can be so debilitating um that you just accept that life is different and you and you focus on what you can do mm. rather than all the things that you can't do um, mm -hmm. for your own self-preservation um you know a friend said to me very early on in the process a friend said to me it's like you've got to run a marathon and i mean this was like within a couple of weeks of it happening and he said you know at this point you're only just like getting on your running shoes you've mm -hmm. got a long way to go and i think he was he's absolutely right you know and i feel like now maybe i'm at mile four or five now i mean i've still got a really long way to go it's still early in terms of grief and loss and trauma it's still really early days for for, for me for us hmm. um, but you just but you just take it one step at a time um i think and 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 do you and do your best um because that's that's kind of all you can do Um, and, and I think, you know, take help where you can get it, be honest with people about how you're feeling, you know, you don't have to be rude, being honest doesn't mean you have to be rude, but I think you owe it to yourselves to be true to yourselves. And I think, you know, if you're a friend that's seeing somebody in this pain and not knowing what to do, I think just my advice is, you know, the first thing is, is you know say their name say the name of the person that that they've lost talk about them share memories about them if you've got photos of them please please give them copies of them um you know one thing that became incredibly important to to me um is that people included a mention of her in our christmas cards mm. i mean the first, first year i hardly sent any and, and and now i send a few more but if people and, and and that isn't necessarily something I would have thought about before, I'm not sure. But actually, if somebody doesn't 
include her name, it feels like she didn't ever exist. And that's too difficult for me. That's too hard. And I still include her name when I sign cards from us, mm. like, you know, in a slightly different way. But for me, and I think some people might think that's really weird. But I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. It's, it's what I need to do. And it, and it, and it just, it, it, it's just means that she's still part of our family. Mm. So yeah, you know, write, write someone's name in a card. Um, you know, remember their birthdays and, 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 and drop your friend or your relative or just a little message to say, I know I'm thinking of you or, you know, things like Mother's Day and Father's Day and those sorts of things are really, you know, they're, they're important. They're important. And, and, um, I think people really appreciate when you make a bit of an effort like that and, and mm. don't be frightened to face into it. Um, and cause you'll soon, they'll soon tell you if what you're doing, well, maybe they won't. I, I think you'll soon get the vibe if what you're doing is not right for them. Yeah. But I, I think you'd be surprised. I think what people do is, they feel uncomfortable. They're not sure what to do. So what most people do is nothing. Yeah. There are lots of people that I have not heard from since her funeral. Mm -hmm. uh, the packed out crematorium mm -hmm. uh, which was extremely emotional and very difficult. I mean, I can hardly, you know, I, there are lots of people that are probably there that I can't even remember. But what I do know is that there are quite a lot of people that I haven't seen or haven't really in touch much at all since then hmm. that's hard you know that that kind of hurts because you just feel you feel a bit reject a re bit rejected and a bit um yeah isolated isolated hmm. I, I think you want the door to be open you might not be ready to walk through it yeah. it might it might be a choice but you know and but i think good friends people that understand me have always you know, the, the way it works best for me is to be included with the option of of being invited somewhere or to go somewhere or but just with the understanding that I might not be able to do it but just to still be involved or included or asked means a lot um hmm. because otherwise you just fall out of step with your life really and you sort of think gosh not only have I lost this person that I, you know, loved and was part of me, I seem to have lost so much else as well. And it's, you know, it's tough. It's really tough. Hmm. There's a lot there. It's a big thing. Hmm. So it is the, it is absolutely, well, I, you know, I hope it is the hardest thing I ever have to cope with. Hmm. Um, I never thought, you know, I think back, you know, occasionally you see those things in magazines or you think, oh, you know, what would you tell your 18 year old self? Hmm. And I think, you know, everybody has a story to tell, you know, everybody has things that they go through, but God, I, you know, I never thought that I would have to cope with something like this. Uh, you you know you would never think you were strong enough. You would never think you were capable enough. 
you know it puts a huge amount of pressure on your relationship as well you know because mm-hmm. you grieve everybody grieves differently and everybody copes differently and you know the statistics are are not are not very favorable on you know relationships coming through this level of 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 loss and grief and trauma and whatever um and i think you know you both have to give each other a huge amount of space and understanding and and it's hard and and i think you know everybody has a different way of 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 coping with things i mean we're very we're very fortunate to have you know another child uh and i am reminded of that often when i you know there are lots of people that lose their only children and it's Mm. i mean it's just it's beyond life-changing it's beyond life-changing um but i feel i mean i i I've been inspired by the the people I've met, the things I've seen them do, the way they honour their children. Um, you get a real sense of their children in the stories that they share about them. And I feel, you know, I feel that it's part of my life purpose now. You know, I feel that she made me be a better, you know, a better mother. You know, she was my eldest uh child and I learned an awful lot from parenting her she was she could be a tricky little cookie for sure at times um and she put me through my paces but I feel like she she taught me an awful lot and um I feel like I owe it to her to for something positive is the wrong word but you know you hear people saying or you you know you don't want their life to be in vain and all that kind of stuff and i think that comes from a place of just wanting to honor them i'm extremely proud of of who she was uh quirks and all and she certainly was quirky anybody that knew her will know exactly what i mean um but I'm, I'm, you know, and I continue to be proud of her. You know, it's funny how still, you know, you know, it's been like everybody being trapped at home. There's been a lot of cupboards getting cleared out and drawers being, you know, cleared out and stuff. And the other day I was doing something and I, you know, I came across some little drawings or some little notes that she wrote. And those things can floor you in a, in a, in a moment. But they're also gold dust. They're also little bits of her that mm. are still and are still kind of part of our lives. And um, you know, uh, it's she, you know she still she still makes me smile um, uh, about you know things I remember or, or uh, and and you know I think I. I, I I possibly sound much more together than I am. I mean, the reality is, the reality is that I'm kind of holding on by a by the skin of my teeth at times. Mm. Um, but I, I have a life to lead, and um, I want to do it in the best way that I can, and I want to honour her by whatever I can learn out of this, it's just, maybe it's just part of who I am. I don't know, but whatever I can do to, 
kind of learn to share to help other people you know i feel a real level of of responsibility to 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 help people that that are you know are new into this journey like i mentioned earlier about you know mm. when you see new people coming into the group and you think god i know where they are i i know just how that they can't even see which way is up that they just can't see how things are going to carry on and and all you can say and and you know i had it when i you know when i first joined this group you know i had people who were years ahead of me in the journey saying hang on just hang on tight and get through today and there is you you know it will be okay and the sun will shine and you will laugh again about things i mean you know at the beginning you don't think you're ever ever going to be able to have fun again or to laugh again or but you but you can and you do and um because because you have because you're still here and you've still got a life to live doesn't mean that the pain isn't there it doesn't mean that you're not thinking about them it doesn't mean that you will ever not miss them you know how could you you know how could you not um but you learn to move forward in some way and some days that's better than others um but i think that the 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 relationships and the friendships that fall by the way you have to accept and you have to just be have to understand that not everybody is able to cope with what you've got now hmm. you, feel, you feel like you've got a big rucksack of stones on your back and some people are able to walk alongside you and take a stone out of it and some people aren't in fact some people it feels like some people are putting stones in sometimes and you just have to keep putting one foot in front of the other and 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 you have to veer your path more towards the people that are taking the stones out hmm. rather than carrying on walking alongside the people that are putting stones in so you know not not because they're trying to make life difficult for you they almost you know it's just it's just the way it happens i think um and you have to you know you have to learn to be grateful you know i'm grateful for many things um i will I, it's hard to know right now I mean, like I say, it's early, early-ish days for us. Uh, you know, it's only two years. In five years, I'm sure I will have moved to maybe another level of of, of understanding and maybe even acceptance. I'm, I'm not, I'm not at acceptance, and I think that that is, for me, that's sort of where I'm aiming for mm. to accept what's happened. Um, and to be able to live alongside it, I'm not there yet. 
I still, I still, you know, can't believe it's happened, even though I know it's happened. I still, I, I still think, how is this possible? How did that happen? Um, not helped by the fact that there were mistakes made with uh, with her care and um you know that serves to make the, the journey even more anguish mm. angry. but but you know the fact is she's not here uh physically um always in my head always in my heart kind of all around me really um but not physically and and so life is different um but that doesn't mean that life is over and you see people don't you? you 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 see them on tv coming through the most horrendous situations and you think to yourself how how are they that strong how are they coping with that how are they doing that and now i feel like i've got a bit of, of an insight into that which is they're just hanging on and they're just putting one foot in front of the other and I think if I've you know if there's one thing I would love to try and achieve if that's the right word coming through this journey is to try and help people you know not be so afraid of grief and not be so um uncomfortable about death um you know I've, I've one of the most difficult questions that i get from people who don't know me very well or don't know me at all really is you know or i might be somewhere with my son and you know somebody sort of says oh you know have you got any other kids you know it's a very natural question to ask somebody mm -hmm. how many children have you got and for me there's a really it's for me it's really clear i've got two children um but unfortunately you know my daughter died and she, you know but for me i've got two children i think some people find that difficult to understand some people find it perfectly understandable um and the people that find that difficult to understand or accept other people that I have to think, okay, they don't get it. And, and I have to not be angry about that. And I have to not be um, frustrated about it. I just have to think, well, they don't get it. Mm. And lucky them, lucky them that they don't get it, right? Um, because I am the mother of two children. It just so happens that one of them died. Um, and I think that is how I, well, I know it's how I will always feel. Mm. Uh, and I think that that is, you know, I just, I would love, I would love people, society to feel less uncomfortable about that um, mm. and to just be a bit more understanding and a bit more embracing. And frankly, if you haven't walked in these shoes, then lucky you. And just accept that what I need to do is what I need to do. Um, and I think one of the things, you know, I, I, you hear some horror stories actually of, of, of people uh, 
you know, having family sort of say to them, you really should be over this by now. And you're like, are you kidding me? And I think that's because it sort of, it makes other people feel comfortable. Because, you know, it, you know, I am, there are times at which I'm quite a difficult person to be around because I'm sad. I'm really sad. A lot of the time I feel I have a heaviness to me uh, and, and, a, and, a, and a level of trauma and loss. And um, I mean, I've been diagnosed with PTSD as a result of the stuff that went on. And, you know, that's hard. That is really hard. But it's mm. who I am now. Um, and I and I and I just need people to be able to accept that that's that that's who I am and and I am different I I am a different person to the one I was before but that's what life experiences are all about isn't it it's not that isn't specific to my situation we are all a product of all of the things that we've gone through it's just that grief and death seem to have this sort of this sort of force field around them that people just don't want to go near they don't want to touch it they feel uncomfortable about it mm. um and i think anything that that i can do in my own small little world in my small little way to just help people to under I, you know if i read a really great article about grief or about supporting someone who's who's dealing with loss or i tend to share it on social media um and I've had lots and lots of my friends say to me, you've really helped me think about things differently. And you've really helped me to understand what I might do differently with another friend of mine. Um, and for me, that makes me feel like I've made a difference and that makes me feel good. And it makes me get a glimpse of the old me because I can, you know, I can do something positive. Something positive. It sounds it sounds weird to say something positive has to come out of this because there are moments, many, many, the majority of moments where I think how how can anything positive come out of such a senseless situation? Mm. But but things do, you know, you see it, you see it every day in the world where people are coping with things that are absolutely terrible. Hmm. Um, and I think it gives you a sense of your self-esteem back and it makes you feel like you're contributing and that makes you feel a bit better about yourself. Um, and if I can, you know, if I can help one other person who's going through this to to make them think okay you know maybe maybe there is a spark of light at the end of the tunnel you know let me just hang on for another day and see how I feel tomorrow I mean I, I have terrible days at times occasionally I have days where I just don't want to get out of bed I mean I generally always do but sometimes I go back to bed it's um it's rare but I've learned enough over the last couple of years that when that happens I just need to listen to it and I just need to do that and I might let myself go for that day and I might bawl my eyes out and I might you know do whatever it is I need to do because invariably I know that the next day it won't be as it won't be as bad as that and I will get mm. up and I'll pull myself together and 
um but the bad days come and they you know and and they sometimes come out of nowhere they sometimes i i know you know we're approaching the second anniversary my mind is full of all the you know the last time we did this and the last time we did that and but i know i'll get through it and once i get through it i feel a little bit like i breathe out and 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 on we go with the next few months and we'll see what those bring mm. wow <laughs> thank you quite a lot isn't it, it well it's a lot in a short space of time but something that you've been experiencing and still experience every day so i'm mm. incredibly grateful for you sharing that story um, I know that your purpose is to help as many people as possible. And I'm pretty sure that when people listen to this, there will be lots of lessons that they can take away from it. Um, as your friend just listening to you there, uh, as you speak, and I'm thinking about helping people in crisis and talking to them, and it just reaffirms and re-emphasizes the things that we talk about about having brave conversations, about listening to what people are saying, about recognizing people's emotions, and, and also that it's not about you sometimes, that it's about the other person and allowing the other person to be just who they need to be at that specific moment. Mm. And, and as you said, we, we all come at life from our own experiences and, and what's happened to us. Um, and some of that is good, and sadly, some of that is, is tragic in, in your, ex your experience and your loss you know, it's an unexpected, um, world shattering loss that you now deal with every single day, um, without Annalise. And I think you mentioned secondary loss. You, you mentioned people not knowing what to say. And I really think for, for the people that will be listening to this, anybody that is either having a similar experience to you or dealing with their own loss or those people who know of those people who are experiencing the loss will just it will great greatly benefit us all um so thank you so well, much yeah you know i i hope so and i just i think just keep going just ha hang on and yeah if you're if you're a friend seeing somebody please reach out to them and give them the opportunity to talk they might not need you to say anything actually mm. they might just they might just want to talk to you about their loved one um because they just need an outlet for that and they want to be listened to and uh you know there is nothing i love nothing better than being able to tell people about her i mean you know there's a time and a place i don't always feel like it every single day but but when i do knowing that there are people that love and miss her and want to hear about her and want to share those funny little stories and have a laugh and you know it means that she's that she's still she still matters and that mm. is that is everything to me. That is everything to me, actually. You know, outside of my little family unit here now, you know, knowing that she mattered to 
to people other than us is really very very powerful mm. so if you can if you can manage to convey that to somebody who's dealing with loss if you can manage to um get over your maybe embarrassment or discomfort or nervousness around it i promise you you will be giving them um you know something really precious yeah yeah and just um do you, can you just mention the charity again because uh yes. i know it's, it's very important to you called the compassionate friends, compassionate friends. So, yeah they've got um they're they're an incredible i mean they've really been a lifeline for lots of people and i and i think that you know not everybody is the same i think some people might drift in and out of a charity like that um depending on what they need but what is incredible about it is that you feel you are with people that understand and like i said at the very beginning it feels like i've been talking for days doesn't it I, but, you know at the, at the beginning i kind of said you know it's like a kind of microcosm of society because you just feel safe and protected and you can go on there and rant about insensitive thing that somebody said to you in the street which to, you know to, to other people you know might might not you know might not touch the size it's funny i had a bumped in or didn't bump into them we were two meters apart obviously but yeah as i was down my road the other day and a neighbor went past them and i said oh you know you're okay and and <laughs> bless her. she probably kicked herself after she walked away from me but she just said, oh, I'm just really missing being able to see my grandchildren. And I said, you know, she, she, she knows what, what's happened to us. And yeah. I just said to him, well, you will see them again. You know, might be a couple of months, but you will see them again. Yeah. And what you're, what's happening in my head then is like, I just want to scream and say, you're so lucky because you're going to get to see them again. You know, and I can't see her again. I, mm. I can't bring her back. And and I know that there are lots of there are lots of bereaved parents who are really struggling with the fact that lots of society are like, Oh, it's been four weeks since I've seen my, you know, whoever and you're like, My God, mm. you know, we're living with the fact that we're never gonna see them again. And uh, but it's all about perspective. It's all about perspective. And I know that, you know, she she didn't she didn't mean she would never have meant to upset me. But when you go into your little group, you can moan about that kind of stuff because no one's going to judge you and everybody gets it and everybody understands it. And I think for lots of people, that is, it's almost like you can breathe again in that little group. So mm. I, anybody that is, you know, anybody that has been through child bereavement and, you know, when I say children, okay, my, my daughter was very young, but, you know, this, you know, this group covers... Um, kind of, you know, loss in pregnancy, um, mm. right up to, you know, people who lose their children, their children might be in their 50s, but it's still their children, you know, still their children. And, and I think for a parent to lose a child at, at whatever age is a, is a different kind of loss. I've lost grandparents, I've lost both of my parents, um, this is this is this is different and mm -hmm. and i hope 
and I hope that many of your listeners will never have cause to to experience it but if you do or you know somebody that goes is going through it or has been through it and they and they don't know about the compassionate friends then please ask them to just take a look at their website because I promise you they will find a family that they never knew that they would need Hmm. thank you and uh on that note we're going to end the interview here and obviously i'm going to carry on talking to you off air so to speak thank you very much hey everybody nikki again hope you enjoyed today's podcast and thank you for joining me you can find me on social media at nikki comms coach at twitter and the communication coach on facebook and the communicationcoach.co.uk please like share and review and i look forward to speaking to you soon